Hey, this is Jim Graham from the Masculine Journey podcast, where we explore relationship instead of religion every week. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. This is Bill Nixon. Thank you for tuning in to Robbie Dillmore's The Christian Car Guy Show. This is Robbie's first Saturday of the month. I'm his sidekick and co-host then. Robbie's on a well-needed vacation, and I had the pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you this morning. I have asked a new friend of mine from Mount Holly to join me this morning, Michael Holdenrid. Michael has an insurance agency near Charlotte and one in Winston. Good morning, Michael. Can you hear us? Well, we'll get him tuned in in a second. Uh, if you have insurance questions, please call in at 866-358-7883 or 336-896-0830. 336-896-0830. If you have any interesting insurance stories, maybe a claims question, please give us a call. When it comes to vehicles and how they work, I'm nowhere in the same class as Robbie, so I like to limit my questions and answers to the things I love to do, like hiking. And if you love hiking, especially in wilderness areas, uh, we're looking for discussions about fun family trips in the outdoors and we would love for you to call in and share with us if you've got a, um, a story about a wonderful hike you know of you'd like to share with others 336-896-0830 uh, Michael are you there I am can you hear me Bill I can I, you had my blood pressure up for just a second <laughs> there it's wonderful to have you on um, Michael Thank you so much. How long have you been in the insurance business? Uh, well, I started uh, in insurance around 2013, more on the life and financial side. Uh, really kind of uh, branched over to property and casualty as well in 2015. So, yeah, about five years now. Yes, that's wonderful. And how did you end up in, in insurance to begin with? Uh, that's a great question. So my background has always been on the financial side of things. Um, I was a portfolio manager for 10 years for Wachovia Wells Fargo. And uh, after that, I became a financial advisor, really utilizing uh, life insurance as a tool uh, to help people achieve their goals. And um, in 2015, I had the opportunity to uh, become an agency owner. And uh, that you know entailed becoming uh, well-rounded in every aspect of insurance and so that's when I started to uh, learn more about property and casualty and home and auto policies and business insurance and everything that comes uh, along with that. Well why should the listeners consider insurance important instead uh, of a, a necessary evil? Um, I'm, yeah that's a good way to put it so I'm assuming you know most of our listeners they they work hard um, to acquire you know homes and cars and uh, you know, it's important to protect those things. Um, the last thing you want, and you might hear a little bit of my financial advisor side coming out a little bit, but, you know, everyone has goals and plans, 
and without the proper coverage in place, those can easily be disrupted. And, uh, you know, so that could be a bad car accident. That could be, uh, you know, a fire to your home. That could be an unexpected loss. And, you know, uh, insurance is a tool to make sure uh, that long-term people's plans stay in place. You know, I majored in insurance in college, and what they tried to drill into us is that you're giving up a little bit of money so that you have a guarantee that a problem won't be bigger than your checkbook. And, there you go. That's good. Yeah, you know, it's um, many things in life can be extremely risky, and yeah, you know, I don't think you could get a bank to give anybody a loan if they weren't absolutely sure that if the house disappeared overnight, that um, they'd be able to get their money back. Um, You know, one of the topics I've always liked to drill in is that I think there's a big advantage to having a, a personal agent, somebody that's sitting across the table from you, somebody that you can look eye to eye and can help ask all the right questions. Do you think it's important to have a personal agent instead of one of those 1-800 numbers? Yeah, absolutely, Bill. Um, you know, you and I... I think I shared a story with you a couple of weeks ago where um, at one of our locations uh, we had a power outage and our uh, thermostat uh, disconnected. So, you know, uh, North Carolina summers are a little bit warm, and so our office became unpleasantly hot. And, um, you know, I had to contact our energy provider, and I think after dialing, um, you know, six or seven one eight hundred numbers and being transferred multiple times uh, to different to the wrong areas, um, you know, I finally got to the person I needed to. And so, you know, if you think about that for insurance, uh, you know, having a local agent to call or text immediately, um, someone that knows you, that you have a relationship with, uh, that understands the intricacies of your policies and everything else, there's a ton of value in that. And so it's not only the convenience side, but it's really important to get insurance right as well. And I just don't feel like uh, a 1-800 number can achieve that. And, you know, the beautiful thing, Bill, is it doesn't cost you any more to have a local agent. Uh, and so, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer to have that relationship with someone that really has your best interest in heart. You know, I found when it comes to claims that there's certain certain circumstances where it's really not a good idea to turn in a claim if you're absolutely sure you're not going to get any money. Yeah. But on the other hand, the way you articulate what the problem is has a great deal to do with the way the, the claim is looked at by the adjuster and whether the claim can be covered or not. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, policy language is complex, uh, what's covered and what not covered. So you're right, presenting a claim in a certain way has value for sure. And knowing when to uh, file a claim, to your point, has value as well. Um, you know, if, if you're a person that's going to file a lot of claims, uh, the insurance company is going to look at that negatively and that could affect your rate moving forward so yeah those are all great points you know one thing that always seemed strange to me was if you're driving down the road and something hits your car if it bounced off the road then it's a collision but if it flies <laughs> through the air and hasn't hit the road then it's called a missile so it's just <laughs> unbelievably important whether you explain that you're driving down the road and this fell from a bridge and hit your car versus I was driving down the road and I ran over something that was bouncing up and down because one way it's a collision claim and the other way it's a comprehensive claim yep 
The other right. thing that's always frustrated me was that if you run over an animal and then you go and spray the front of the car down and get it all nice and pretty, then the chances are really good you're not. Gonna, it's going to be a collision claim instead of a hitting an animal claim or a comprehensive claim. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's what the local agent is there for, to kind of guide you and, um, you know, almost act as a consultant on what to do when an accident happens. You know, technology has helped the claims process a lot where we can take, you know, pictures instantly of damage and stuff like that. Uh, but really knowing the coverage part and having someone there, you know, I really see ourselves almost as a guide through the uh, claims process. There's a ton of value in that. You know, I've always recommended to people if you call and you talk to me and you say you had a had a claim, I ask them to write it down. Write it down as succinctly and clearly as you possibly can. Read it and make sure that it makes sense. Then read it to somebody else before you call in and you place the claim. If you've got it written down, then you know exactly what you said. And if it comes up later, you can say, well, I know exactly what I said because I wrote it down and I read it verbatim. But if they've got a chance to call and talk to that personal agent and figure out exactly the way to explain what happened, I always like those uh, stories about the person that said, I tried and I tried and I tried and I finally hit that person heading toward me. Um, <laughs> you, you've, you've got to, to make sure. Another way to look at it is, the picture the claims adjuster paints is based on the first sentence they hear. So once they yeah, hear okay. you start talking, they picture whether or not it's your fault or the other person's fault and what questions have to come along. So if you can paint the right picture in the person's mind at the very, very, very beginning, then everything's going to go a whole lot better than if you're spending the next three phone calls trying to clarify what you misspoke to begin. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think, you know, you're, you're portraying the real value of having a local agent right now, just with your knowledge and uh, in, 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 uh, experience with the claims process compared to, you know, just a call-in number, and you don't actually know the person you're dealing with. And so um, I think you're, you're uh, explaining the value really well. Now, you mentioned a call-in number. We would love folks to call in, and you can complain or ask questions. 336-896-0830. Surely some folks out there have had an interesting claim situation, and you're wondering why something wasn't paid. And i got to tell you, I've run into that. Sometimes I wonder more why some things were paid. But you've got the opportunity to call in and ask two agents some really good questions. Um, also, if you like to hike, call in and tell us about a really great family hike that you like to go on. We'll be back in just a minute, hopefully with a few callers. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Well, we will get back to insurance in a minute, but before we bore too many people, we wanted to talk a little bit about some hiking. i got to tell you, I love hiking, especially in wilderness areas. Uh, Linville Gorge is one of my favorites when it's not in the middle of the summer, and um, Grayson Highlands is 
spectacular all year round. And uh, then there's a place called uh, Over the Mountain Victory Trail up to the backside of Roan Mountain that's just spectacular. And then I did Stone Mountain not too long ago, which was, I, I sort of poo-pooed it for a while, but I did the loop at Stone Mountain, and it might be one of my top favorites. Michael, you do some hiking. You said you had a favorite you like to go on. I do. Um, so, Bill, I have two uh, two small boys. Uh, my oldest is 12, my youngest is 8, and we've grown fond of the Blowing Rock area. And um, about 20 minutes west of Blowing Rock, there's a, uh, a hike called Rough Ridge right off the Blue Ridge Parkway. And um, I would say it's probably uh, what would be considered a moderate hike, but there's two beautiful rock faces. One's about halfway up, and on a clear day, you can see all the way to Charlotte. Uh, the second one, even higher up, is, is just breathtaking, and uh, those are uh, probably our family's favorite hike at this time. I love the, the backside of Grandfather Mountain. It's probably a little bit tough for that age, but uh, the um, Boone Fork, Daniel Boone Scout Trail is absolutely gorgeous. I guess the first half of it wouldn't be too bad. Um, but, yes, all along that area around Blowing Rock is spectacular, except during the summer when some of those trails around Blowing Rock, <laughs> it's almost like walking through the mall. They're so busy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's beautiful up there. Um, you have, let's see, at that age, um, Charlotte. Where else do you go from Charlotte? I know my son's in Charlotte, and he heads in the other direction. Um any other trails for that age? Um, that's our favorite. We do Crowder's Mountain every once okay. in a while. I mean, that's a little bit closer, not quite as um, breathtaking or, you know, the same feeling of being out in the mountains. And, you know, part of it, especially in the summertime, is just the cooler temperatures. But, uh, you know, it's only 30, 45 minutes from our home, so that's something you can, you know, do a quick day trip for. You know, the uh, if you don't mind a, a long, windy road, the um – over the Mountain Victory Trail is a nice one for that age. Uh, there's a great big barn that they turned into a, uh, a place for Appalachian Trail hikers to stop at. It crosses the AT um, right at the backside of Run Mountain and then goes over. Uh, that would probably be a good one for that age. The other direction, you head up, it's a steep climb, but it's... Um, Man, the vistas going up that area are just absolutely gorgeous. Um, now, there's a, a neat Facebook page, Hiking in North Carolina, that um, if I'm looking to find out more about a great trail, I'll go to. And there's an app that is absolutely spectacular that allows you to find all kinds of hiking trails close to you uh, called the Hiking Project, and it's free you download it it will show you all the great hikes in any particular area and then you can drill down to it and it'll give you in detail um, exactly how difficult the trail is and what the things are to look for and um, I found some really neat ways to spend a little bit of time when the coronavirus hit it was hard to find fun things to do but I got about a hundred miles of hiking in through the worst of it um, do you have a, a, a particular claim story that you can think of that, that made a difference in your life or in the lives of others? Um, I 
do. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, they tend to come from customers that aren't part of our agency. Um, I had a You're a like me. You help called. people even if they didn't buy insurance from you occasionally. It, <laughs> well, it seems like when you tell people that you're in the insurance industry, everyone kind of talks about a claim story, especially if they've had a bad one. Uh, but we had a, I have a friend that was building a, a custom home, and um, the custom builder uh, didn't have adequate coverage uh, to cover the cost of the build of the house. And unfortunately, they were about two or three weeks away from uh, completion of the home, and some materials caught in fire and damaged, you know, 70 to 75% of the home to where uh, it was obviously inhabitable after that. And, um, you know, Unfortunately, the uh, builder didn't have the funds or the proper coverage uh, to to rebuild the house, and so that cost the you know that business they had to file for bankruptcy, and unfortunately left the builder of the house, our friends, uh, out of pocket a good amount of money. And um, you know it's something I think when someone's building a custom house, I'm not really sure they think, well, let me check on the home builder and make sure they have adequate coverage uh, if something were to happen. But, um, you know, uh, to your point earlier, uh, insurance is all about risk transfer, and you have to kind of consider, especially when um, it seems to be a life event, whether it's building a house, having children, you know, whenever there's a big change in your life, there always seems like an opportunity to kind of review your current insurance plan and make sure you have the proper coverages in place. You know, that's a good point. I've always told people I thought it was far better to have one agent with three policies than three different agents with one policy, that if you're talking to them on a regular basis, that they're a whole lot more likely to know you and be able to make sure everything's covered. But more important than that is that they've got a responsibility and an obligation. If they're your insurance agent and they cover your auto and your home and your umbrella and your boat, to make sure that there aren't holes. Um, you know, one of my insurance professors told me the two best values in insurance was umbrella policies and term life insurance. The cost is low, but they cover huge, huge, huge potential financial risks. And it amazes me the number of people that deal with the 1-800 numbers and the idea of an umbrella is never brought up, but then that's probably because most of them are running around with a lot smaller amount of liability insurance on their auto policy than is probably safe. Uh, there yeah. was a gentleman in North Carolina in Winston one time that ran over a child, did not know that he'd run over a child. The child had dashed out from behind a parked car. And um, I share a little bit about what happened right after that. It uh, can be traumatic if you don't have the right type of insurance and the right amount. And then take your breath away. So when we come back, we would love for you to call in and share a hike that you'd like everybody to know about. Or if you've got an insurance question, see you soon. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Well, we appreciate those that have tuned in. They've tuned in, and we're talking about wonderful uh, hikes in the area that we enjoy, especially family trips. We're discussing insurance. If you've got insurance questions or a 
particular situation you'd like to share, we'd love for you to call in at 336-896-0830. You know, I've hiked Stone Mountain, oh, I guess four or five times, and I would uh, hike up to the top, and I'd take some pictures, and I'd look around, and I'd go, wow, this is just absolutely gorgeous. And then I'd hike back down, and I'd think, you know, Grayson Highland's only an hour farther away. Well, I went back and I did the loop, and the the loop at uh, Stone Mountain was absolutely spectacular. You go down, there's a a little uh, farm that's um, very old. They got it fixed up, just wonderful. So you'd sit underneath and look at from this farm up at the, the Stone Mountain and then there are all kinds of vistas and views and waterfalls, and it was just an absolutely spectacular way to spend three hours. Um, so I, I felt bad that I had uh, not thought more highly of Stone Mountain until I did that trip, but the crowds aren't bad there. The, there's some great camping. Um, it's a wonderful place if you're anywhere close to Stone Mountain to go take a look, see what you think. We were talking a little bit about auto insurance, and Michael was uh, off air mentioning that we've got a really neat, great product that's come out recently, and basically they they keep track of your driving. And if you're a better driver than most, if you stop all the way, uh, Michael, tell them about the the new ways to save money on auto insurance. Yeah, sure. So um, the term for what we're discussing here, it's it's called usage-based insurance or auto insurance and it's really about kind of customizing insurance insurance costs for each driver and so uh, insurance carriers have come out with apps that you can download on on your phone and it basically tracks your driving habits now one of the reasons wanted to bring this up right now is I know that a lot of our listeners and people right now um, are driving less than they normally do Um, and whether it's because you know COVID's just changed uh, how we, you know, our day-to-day lives, or, you know, I, I think remote working has really picked up. So a lot of people, you know, aren't doing their daily commute to their job. Well, one of the big factors that it tracks is miles driven. And so if you're not driving as much, um, you probably have a good chance of receiving a pretty big discount um, as this app will, will uh, track your driving habits. And so, uh, you know, one of them is called Smart Ride. Basically, you download an app on your phone, and it'll track your driving habits for a four-month period. And what they're really looking for, uh, Bill, is, you know, miles driven, uh, hard acceleration and braking, uh, the amount of idle time, so you're sitting in traffic, and then the amount of time you're driving at night. And these are factors that the insurance company just see that increased risk. And so what it does is as you download the app and uh, it tracks your habit, you get an automatic discount for participating in the program. And then throughout the four-month tracking period, uh, it provides feedback to you as the driver. Um, and so it's, it's a great tool to save money right now for a lot of people. And we uh, completely recommend it for uh, brand-new drivers. So if someone has a kid that just, you know, is becoming licensed, it's a great way uh, for them to kind of uh, realize their driving habits and have ownership in the auto rate, if that makes sense. Well, it is if they're the the good type new driver. Yeah, one thing that saved me a fortune was that uh, we've got a company that one of the one of the first ones that came up with accident forgiveness. And if it hadn't been for accident forgiveness, 
my wife and I would have had a much more difficult time in our marriage, and both our kids I might have sold. Um, yeah, but if you've got the accident forgiveness and then you've got that way to keep track and make sure that your your kids are driving the way you're supposed to, you've got a really wonderful way to save a lot of money on your insurance um, or the opposite. So I guess it's good to catch it, catch it early. Um, I'm thinking of some stories back in my high school days, and I'm biting my lip because we, we better not <laughs> go there. Um, you know, credit score. Yeah, a lot of folks don't realize how important, how beneficial good payment histories are. Um, you want to get into that a little bit because maybe people don't relate the two very well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, credit score is one of the biggest determinant in your um, auto insurance price. And, uh, and so, yeah, if you've had uh, an improvement in your credit score, it's a great opportunity to kind of uh, review your rate and see if there's an opportunity to get some discounts. But, yeah, the insurance carriers, they're looking for uh, someone that makes consistent payments. Obviously, uh, they don't want uh, delinquent payers or anything like that. And so, um, you know, one of the carriers we work with, they have 21 different credit segments that they put people in. And if... Um, if you fall into their top four or five segments, their prices are amazing. And so, uh, again, going back to the local agent, a local agent knows what uh, each carrier is looking for and can help place you with one that, uh, you know, can provide the best value to you as the consumer. Now, the interesting thing to me is it really isn't the same credit score that the bankers look at. I've got a really dear friend who has done extremely well in life, but he never, ever, ever took out a loan i mean he paid cash for his house he paid cash for his cars and he's got in his 70s almost no credit history at all and that crazy insurance credit thing just absolutely eats him up it just makes me so mad but there's this soup that they put together that basically they're looking for they're trying to figure out whether you're going through all kinds of emotional things that are going to predict an accident so you know if your credit payment system changes if you've been paying everything regular for a long time and then you start missing and paying late then they sort of figure out there are things going on in your life that might make you just a little bit more distracted than other times but point being it's very beneficial to pay especially your insurance and your other bills on time if you want the the best rates out there. Um, the other thing is, is if you miss an insurance payment and they have to start the insurance over again, tell them what happens when that, that comes about. Yeah, that's never a, a good signal to the insurance carriers. So um, if that does happen, you know, they, they certainly look at that and price that in in the future insurance costs. Um, and, and, you know, a, a, a little bit... The carriers have been a little bit more forgiving over the last couple months, uh, providing, uh, I'd say, leeway to consumers based on, you know, just kind of the state of the economy right now and everything that's going on. But, yeah, you want to just continue to have a consistent payment stream. It'll benefit you in the long time and save you a lot of money on your auto insurance. The other thing to keep in mind is it's a legal contract. You've got a legal contract that starts and stops either every six months or every 12 months. So if it stops today and you go 15 days without paying your premium 
and then they're nice enough to take your money, well, in that 15-day period between the time your policy died and the time you rejuvenate it with another payment, you could have an accident, and they could very easily say, no, your contract ended. We didn't get the money in time. We got the money after the accident. Now, on the other hand, they really like the idea that you gave them 15 days where, ha, 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 they don't have to pay anything, but they're going to go back and take your money and fill in that 15-day period. So point being, you're hurting yourself in two respects when you pay late. You're paying for something you're actually not getting, and you're preventing the discounts that go in for you get a discount for having continuous unending coverage. So it can be very, very, very helpful to make sure that insurance bill is taken care of when it's supposed to. The other thing I've seen, and I've had people switch when they said, you know, my car dealer swears that they called and added my car own, and I had a claim, and that other insurance company refused to pay it. Well, I tell you, don't ever leave it up to the car dealer to call in and put that car in your policy. Because once your check clears, they're more interested in the next sale. What well, You've got a window where you can add a new car on, but that window stops on that start and stop date of that policy. And what is it now, 15 days? Uh, it is. So you got 15 days from the time you replaced a vehicle or you added a vehicle, but that stops at that hard fast date when your policy renews every 30 every um, six months or a year point being you want to make sure that you've got that one agent that you talk to on a regular basis and that when you get a new vehicle you call and add it now that automatic coverage depends so if you're replacing one vehicle with another vehicle, then when the one you replaced it with the automatic insurance you got, which may not mean you have collision. But if it's a new vehicle, it's the most insured car in the policy. At least that's the way it works in North Carolina. We'd love to hear about your favorite hikes. If you've got a question, give us a call. 336-896-0830. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Remember, across The Truth Network this afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern Time is the live show, The Cure, with host Amy Cabo. Amy's program is about encouragement and hope and realizing that the true cure for everything, and everything is Jesus. Amy Cabo and The Cure Today at 1 on The Truth Network. Wonderful. Please tune in. And we appreciate you tuning in today. Um, We've been talking a little bit about auto insurance, and we've been talking a little bit about auto claims. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about you know, there are lots of folks that will call up and want to get a quote, and they think that they don't need to answer all the questions, or they don't think they need to answer all the correction, the questions 100% truthfully. And it amazes me. Michael, have you run across a few people that have sort of forgotten about the accident they had or their driving record or the young driver that they really don't want to pay to insure? 
unfortunately, that's that's pretty common. So we've had instances where, uh, you know, you're providing a new quote and, uh, you know, we always ask if someone's had an uh, accident or a derogatory event. In the, and usually it's a three-year period. Most carriers want to look back three years. And, uh, you know, we run the quote uh, before we actually run a motor vehicle report and, you know, the numbers look good client or the prospect agrees to move forward with the quote and then we end up running the reports and the you know the price of the policy uh shoots up big time and uh yeah you know it's something that has to be disclosed up front unfortunately you're not going to be able to uh you know run one over on the insurance companies if you have a derogatory event um they're going to find it and so uh it's not a perfect system either and you know there's instances where uh, accident might pull in as an at-fault accident for a driver when really it was uh, the other driver's fault. Um, and, you know, if we can document that and provide a police report, we can, you know, tend to get those removed and stuff like that. So it does take a little bit of work, and, you know, ultimately you do have to work with the agent and be truthful and honest about uh, your claims history uh, to be able to get the most accurate uh, quote and numbers. You know, another way to look at this, people don't really understand that this is a legal contract. And all yeah. the rules that apply to legal contracts apply to insurance. And there's something called a material misrepresentation. So if you start a contract and you leave out a, a key piece of material information, or if you totally misrepresent the truth, you give the other party the right to cancel coverage or the entire contract. So if you were to call up, there used to be, and there still are a lot of companies, 1-800 companies, that they'll say, you haven't had any accidents or violations in the last three years, have you? And the person says, well, no, I guess I haven't. And they start the insurance, and the price is absolutely spectacular for about two months. And then after about two months, they get this great big huge bill. And the person calls up and says, what in the world happened? And they said, well, we found out about this ticket you had, or we found out about this accident you had, or we found out about this person that's got the exact same address on their driver's license. In a lot of cases, they knew that 10 minutes into the phone conversation when they gave you the quote, but they aren't going to get you to switch if the price isn't half. Well, during that window where they're waiting to let you know that the price went up, they've got all kinds of opportunities to cancel coverage. And then when the price goes up, they've got the right to go back and collect the money you owe during that window. Now, a lot of 1-800 companies that just made a fortune. You ever run into that, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, beyond um, increasing the price, you never want to give, so back to your, you know, your, your contract uh, point, you never want to give an insurance company a reason to deny a claim. And so uh, you always have to provide truthful information. And if, if you give them one reason to deny a claim, I'm not saying they're going to do it, but, you're, you know, you want to get the coverage that you're paying for, right? That's the whole point of insurance to be protected when an event happens. And back to your contract point, uh, that requires uh, correct information. Um, so, you know, you have to represent your claims history and, you know, the vehicles that you're insuring, the coverage that you want, it all needs to be detailed in the contract. 
you know, the 1-800 folks just love selling those small amounts of liability insurance because mm-hmm. they make 90% of their money off that first $50,000 worth of insurance. Well, if you take what they offer, and they're, they're clients I've had that called in and said, uh, you know, I switched to this 1-800 number. I said, well, did you get the exact same coverage? They said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, would you send me what they showed you? And when it comes in, I'll say, you know, you had $500,000 worth of liability insurance with me. Well, this company's only offering you $50,000 worth of insurance. Well, what difference does that make? I said, well, other than your house and one car and half your paycheck, everything else you have is at risk if you're sued and you lose once your insurance runs out. I was talking about the gentleman that ran over this child. He is in court, and his insurance company gets up, and they write a $50,000 check, and they hand it to the judge, and they say to the client, thank you very much, we're heading on. He says, what are you doing? He says, well, you only have $50,000 worth of insurance. We're just going to go ahead and write that check, and we're going to leave. You need to go hire your own attorney now. Well, he's got to go in, and he's got to find an attorney, and the attorneys he went to talk to says, you know, we would love to represent you, but you know, if you lose this case, you're not going to have any money to pay us. So you need to pay us our fee up front. Well, you try to go in and get a loan. One of the questions they ask you are, are you in litigation? We had to go and borrow money from family and friends and everybody he could to come up with the money. Well, at the end of the trial, the judge says, you owe another $250,000. And he says, well, I I don't have it. It's not there. He says, well, sign this piece of paper. Well, what's this? He says, we're going to garnish your wages. We're going to take half of your paycheck and half of your spouse's paycheck until all of this is paid up. He says, well, I don't want to sign that piece of paper. He says, well, that's fine, but we're going to lock you up for contempt of court until you change your mind. Insurance is there to take care of the big problems. And sitting across the table from somebody that's looking at you, that's going to be there when you call up and say, man, I don't know where that kid came from. That's what I want, is I want a professional. Because it can cost just, there are cases I have seen where going from $50,000 to $300,000 can be less than $5 a month more. You seen that, Michael? Absolutely. And yeah, what you're talking about is, is catastrophic risk. And, you know, when I say that, I'm talking about like life changing as far as, um, you know, your financial future, what you can afford, um, possibly filing bankruptcy. So, do you, you know, in your example, think about how much that changed that person's life. And to your point, you know, liability insurance isn't that much more expensive to go up to higher limits. And it's really worth it uh, to me and to most of our customers to take that catastrophic risk off the table. And especially in today's driving environment where, you know this, Bill, uh, distracted driving is on the rise, and so we're seeing more and more accidents. And, and the types of accidents that are occurring uh, tend to be uh, you know, larger claims Larger, well. yes. Michael, thank yes. you so much for being on the show this morning. You have just been a, a wonderful guest. I hope to have you back soon. Um, I hope things are going wonderful in Charlotte. You have a great weekend. Thank you all for tuning into the show. And uh, if you're in a place where you can catch Kingdom Pursuits, 
We have some wonderful guests coming on that show in just a few minutes. We appreciate you. Please pray for Robbie in this station and have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com.